0: Many people
1: look at others and feel the grass is always greener, that things are hopeless and will never change. These are the kinds of feelings that rob you of your self-esteem, that leave you in emotional turmoil, whether it's feeling stuck in relationships, career, parenting, or finances. Awareness of that void is the first step in your journey to heal your shit. Tune in now as your host, Marnie, takes your hand and helps you begin the shift toward healing body, mind, and spirit. Here is your host, Marnie. Good morning, everyone. Thanks so much for listening, tuning in, and and hopefully we'd love to hear from
2: you today and calling in. I'm Marnie, and with me today I have uh, a friend of mine that I've known, gosh, for a really long time. I can't believe how long it's been. Mindy Moralia, and she is also the author of a wonderful book, Hero in Heroin. Good morning, Mindy. Welcome.
3: Good morning. Thank you, Marnie. It's great to be here.
2: I'm so glad to have you here, and. Um, Mindy and I met actually when we were both learning about intuitive energy healing and chakras. And over the years, we have done healing circles together and done writing together. Um, And during that time, we both have shared um, stories of things we have been through with uh, addiction in our lives. For me, it was um me my bulimia and eating disorder and learning how to deal with that going into treatment and healing the things i was trying not to feel and uh, for mindy it had to do a lot with her son and who she wrote this book with and um you want to share a little bit about about the book and your experience mindy
3: Um, Yes, thank you, Marnie. Um, The book, uh, titled The Hero and Heroine, A Mother and Son's Journey on Both Sides of the Veil, was written actually after my son passed, and he returned in spirit form over a couple of years after he died to give me messages about what we missed during the journey that we had while... He was incarnate. It was very uh, eye-opening and enlightening for me. And from his perspective, he was somewhat insistent that I get over myself and share this information with others who might be in the same or similar boat. So that's what prompted um, the writing of the book. And it has won five literary awards. One in 2015 and four in 2016, which is just shocking to me. It lets me know, from uh, another perspective, I suppose, that the book was really intended to be written. And I hope and pray that it can get into the hands of anyone that can use it, have, resonate with its messages, find the the healing and the and the hope that is there no matter how bad it might seem with addiction on this side of the veil.
2: And having, having read the book and also having known you as you were going through some of the, the things that you wrote about, um, it, it's a very fast read. It's very powerful, and, and it's very, it touches your heart, um, and it's, it stirs you up in ways that you can't even imagine. How did it help you heal?
3: I believe it helped me heal by really opening myself and my story to the world. To me, uh, so much of what I went through, I never hid in the process, but there's so much about me and my journey with my son that was just never talked about or discussed in a way So the healing for me occurred when I literally heard him say, Mom, you just have to get over yourself and tell the story because it is a family story. It's not a story of just all the the trials and tribulations of an addict's life. It's a family story from his birth to his death and then after his death. And it starts with um, the fact that I wasn't supposed to have kids to begin with. So every bit of that was healing for me in the sense that it helped me to realize there is a much, much, much bigger picture at play that we can't always see, and it helped me to open what I will call my aperture for a realization that there's more things we don't know we don't know than we don't know. And that, to me, was very healing, and it also gave me inspiration to continue my journey to continue to learn more about what it is i don't know i don't know
0: mm.
2: that's that's amazing i I love that um I know for me um, my mine was my my own journey, and it was Challenging. I mean, at first, to to be sitting. I remember sitting in treatment and listening in in group therapy and going through all of that and thinking, you know, I, I don't want to sound like these people and I don't want, you know, I don't want to be like them and and resisting. And then, as I I opened myself up and. And really shared, which is what you've done. Um, The more I shared, even once I left that treatment experience and continued healing, I didn't even realize how I was touching people's lives by sharing, just sharing my shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, um, my mom said to me, we used to work together in in another business. And she didn't like at first that I would Tell people it just would come up naturally in conversation about um, my addiction or that I was in treatment, and I was very open because that was what I had to do to keep it real for me. And several years later, somebody that we both knew mutually um, his wife was pregnant, and they found out that the baby had downs before while she was still pregnant, and they had they were deciding what they were going to do. Um it was early enough that they could decide to not go forward with the pregnancy. And he was telling my mom all this and my mom was just she was so she said I I can't believe you're sharing all this with me. And um he said, "Well, you know, it was a big deal when Marnie started sharing all of her stuff what she was going through years ago. He said it made a big deal and I watched how people not only rallied around her with support, but how it affected other people and how it helped her heal as well as other people heal. And he said, so we just felt it would be easier to share and have that support, and it helped them make their decision. And she came to me with that, and she said it really changed what she thought about how I was, in her words, behaving, mm-hmm. um, and and made it a, and was healing for her, I mean, in a, in a sense, in that she didn't have to worry about what other people thought, that she was being judged as a parent or that her child was being judged.
3: I think that's the biggest problem that we have with addiction, and that's why I get on my soapbox about it, is because it has been the, the disease of shame. Yeah. And whether it's shame for the addict or shame for the person who is dealing with the addict, um, yes. because society in the past has said that it's uh, a result of poor relationship or failure or there's some family secret and nobody wants it out, um, or a whole host of other, of other ills that might be going on, When in reality, if someone is dealing with cancer or diabetes, it's not viewed as being shameful. So it's something that I know I did experience with my son in the way he would be treated by other people. And from my perspective, I just kind of really didn't give a shit what people thought about me. I was doing my best to... Uh, be open about what I was going through because I did need the support, all the support that I could get. I was a yeah. single mother working an executive job, and I never knew when I might have to just walk out and tell one person I'm gone. I don't know what's happened to him, but I've got to be there. So I've taken my attitude about the sharing of it just like you have, and I too have found that that has been incredibly helpful It gives people permission. I never thought I could sit at a bar in a country club and openly talk to strangers about this journey. But that is where it has gone, from where it was when I first started dealing with this with my son to this day now. Mm. And that's miraculous.
2: That is miraculous. It is. miraculous. And... You know, the shame and the judgment that you were talking about, That that's so, so, so true. And I know that people feel that. Um, my son, as you know, has been working through PTSD. And he himself has been feeling a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. Um, he, or he blamed himself for a long, long time about what happened to him. And shamed himself. And, and it still shows up sometimes when he has an episode, um, that, that shame again, because he feels the, the I don't know if it, I would say disappointment, but the, the confusion in some of the grownups around him at times that they're trying to figure out how to help him, but he takes it because of where he's at as shame. And that's really, it's very, very hard as an eight-year-old to deal with. It's hard as an adult to deal with. And we're doing all we can to surround him with love for him to know this is not something to be ashamed of. This is something that happened. You're healing. You're doing everything you can. And it's one day and sometimes one moment at a time to get through.
3: Yeah, and I feel like the shame that comes in, even from a little fellow like that, as the feeling of there's something inherently wrong with me. Exactly. And they don't know how to put a word to that, but that's what they feel. Mm-hmm. And then from that feeling, that's where, that's where it becomes the, the, the shame, the way they will put that on themselves because oftentimes it's very difficult for a little one to explain exactly what they're feeling and, and how they're feeling it. But as a root, it's an inherent Something is wrong with me. It Whatever definitely, I
2: definitely. I see it show up in clients. I, I mean, often, unfortunately, very, very, very often. Where and it goes back to something, something that some experience, some relationship that occurred um, that they have a wound that now they bring forth into their adult life that touches, whether it touches their ability to sustain a relationship or to be successful in a job or sometimes both, that that shame, that judgment, I'm not enough, mm-hmm. I'm not okay, something's wrong with me, it affects everything. And, you know, we were all born perfectly okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, like there is nothing wrong with us. And that's, you know, going through healing, that's one of the things you learn is that nothing wrong with me this this is this is just part of my journey this is part of my experience this is what I am here to do and I experienced this for a reason it's not always a fun reason and it's not always pleasant reason in that moment it feels very hard at times and that's being light um I mean there are days I'm kicking and screaming and crying (laughs) and yet you know you've seen it Mm -hmm. um you know, and and I have clients doing the same thing. And yet, we still, we still breathe. We still survive in some way, somehow. And, you know, and with my son, in those moments, I'll tell him, I know this feels really big. And I know it feels like you're not going to get through it. And I promise you, you will. And I'm just going to sit here with you. And if you want me to hold you, I will hold you. If you want me to just sit here in silence, I will do that. And just breathe and know I love you. Mm-hmm. No matter what. And that's the other part that people need to hear is that, that you're loved. Loving yourself, that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. That's the part that's missing because when we don't feel okay, when we feel like something is wrong with us, then it's hard for us to love ourselves.
3: Right. Yeah, we don't we don't think about doing that. We think about more the destructive, the self-destructive um, behaviors when we don't understand that position. I know with my son, um, when as we went through this journey for so many years, um, one of the things that would happen is relapse. He would have periods of time where he would would do very very well. And it's like the pendulum would swing so far. He would do so very well knowing that that was in him and that potential was there. And he would make straight A's in classes. I would have given my IT to be able to make straight A's in mm. um, things like um, organic chemistry and physiology and, and literature and English. He seemed to have uh, both sides of the spectrum from the, you know, the sciences and the arts. So when he would relapse, he would nobody could be worse or feel worse than him. And it hurt me so badly to see that. And as a parent, yeah. the thing that I would always say to him is, whatever happened is in the past. We have right now, and we have this moment, and you are loved. I love you, and I support you on this journey. Pick yourself up, buy your bootstraps, and put one step in front of the other, and begin to move forward. Everything will be okay. And that's how we made it through. And I feel like so many uh, parents in particular that deal with an addict, uh, especially a younger child, want to reprimand them and take them backwards in time, as opposed to staying very present and going forward with what it is they're dealing with, with someone with addiction. It's yes, not an easy and... journey for either party, but uh, that, same, that same kind of love that you have there for your son when he goes through his things at a young age of 8 years old is needed when they're adolescent, when they're teenager, when they're trying to break away from the family, and when a lot of times when these addictions get started, so yeah. I would I would urge parents to just really have a different perspective on it as opposed to reprimanding the child.
2: And I'm going to stop you right there because we're going to have to go to break, but I want to pick this back up. And anyone who's listening, we would love to hear from you. So please give us a call. Call your comments, your questions, one 472 5792 we will be back in just a moment.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Does your life feel stuck? Lots of
1: self-doubt, pain, little self-esteem? Find out now how you can enjoy a truly balanced life filled with positive energy and inner peace. A life where you finally feel comfortable in your own skin. Join Marnie in her six-month program, Heal Your Shit. You'll begin an amazing transformation as you learn the five key components that help you heal with personalized energy healing. If you are ready and daring to stick your toe in or jump in with both feet to grab the life you want, Marnie invites you to join her for a complimentary 30-minute call. Just visit lovinglylotus.com and sign up under the contact page to talk to her about where you are now, what's getting in your way, your dreams, and your life vision. Learn how the five key elements she weaves with energy healing can guide and support you moving away from what keeps you stuck towards living a happier life. Many clients hire Marnie because they want what she has. It is so possible for you. Sign up for this call today at LovinglyLotus.com. That's LovinglyLotus.com. Relationship issues, anxious, parenting challenges, no more. Learn how to live
0: your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reish. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
1: You are listening to Heal Your Shit with your host, Marnie. If you have a question or comment about our program, please visit our Facebook page. Just search for Heal Your SHT on Facebook. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Hi, it's Marnie and my guest, my
2: friend, Mindy Moralia. Um, we were just talking about, she was talking about parents of children that maybe of that that age that may be going through something to do with addiction um, and we were talking about shame and judgment. And I wanted to pick back up on that because I th- I really felt like that was really important to to touch back on again. Um, those teenage years are a time when, We're all, a lot of that, everybody tries to, don't look at me, I don't want to stand out in the crowd, or I Mm -hmm. want to stand out in the crowd, and and I look perfect, and everybody's trying to figure out who they are and what they are, and that's the time when when addictions can begin. There are other times, too. I mean, that's not the only time, Um, but that is a time for those of us that, as parents that are, are raising kids or mentoring kids or somehow involved in kids, teaching kids in our lives to let them know that we accept them. We know that they have, um, Eli's teacher calls it oops days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's what they call them. You're having an oops day and everybody has them. I have them. You know, you have them, everybody listening. I'm sure you all have them. Sometimes we have more than one in a row. Um, but the oops days, you know, that, that's if we live in those days and we keep looking back at them, you know, it's like kind of like reading a book. You never move forward in the book if you're constantly rereading the first chapter.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's about acknowledging it's not forgetting what happened, but don't beat yourself up over it. Just say, okay, today's a new day. What am, am I, I going to? I'm going to do something different today. I'm going to, I'm going to go at it differently. I'm going to believe in myself differently. I'm going to. Um, for me, it's the daily three: it's affirmation, intention, and gratitude. Those three things make a big difference in my life every single day, which is why okay. I call them the daily three.
3: I think that's something that uh, we forget about way too much: is the gratitude. We get hung up in the problem, um, rightfully so in some cases, but I do know that one thing I used to do as I was going through this with my son, and I may have days or up to a year at one point where I never knew where he was, dead or alive, yet every day I would write 10 things I was grateful for in my journal. It kept me grateful. It kept me in a place of... What I needed to do to take care of me, and that helped very much, very, very much. It's just energy.
2: And and that was my dog, Killian, saying he agrees. (laughs) (laughs) He's usually really quiet. Um, I definitely agree. And now I was going to ask you, gratitude. Some people, and some of my clients have said this to me when I first suggest it, that, well, What if you know? What if I'm not like totally feeling it? I'm just writing things to write. Do you ever?
3: It helps. Do you ever
2: do do that? It still helps, right?
3: Well, yes. I mean, it's it feels like sometimes for people because they want to be they want to wallow in the lower energy frequencies, and gratitude is a higher frequency. So sometimes it can feel like pulling teeth with no anesthesia because they're not ready to lift the frequency. So what I would do is do it anyway. Um, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for money in the bank. I'm grateful for a roof over my head. And I would make sure that I didn't use the same things every day. I might use one, but it helped me to shift that lower frequency that I was in of maybe worry or feeling anxious that the phone might ring and I get a call that he's dead or, or um, hurt or found on the side of the road or something like that because the brain likes to take these things and run with them. Yes. So my way of handling this and healing for myself during part of this was to do a gratitude list every day. I did it every, every evening before I went to bed.
2: And that's a My great journal. time to do it because it's mm-hmm. the last, if that's the last thing that you do, whatever you do or are thinking of right before you go to sleep, Wayne Dyer even talked about this a lot. Um, you take that into your unconscious state, you know, your sleep state,
3: mm-hmm. and that
2: works its way through your physical system and that creates more of whatever it is you're thinking of through, throughout your body physically and throughout your, your energy and what you're attracting as you move into the next day into your life. So if you're in gratitude, you tend to bring more of those things to be grateful for into your life. That's what you're creating in your body. Um, you know, like in our house, we'll do some I am statements, um, especially with my son before he goes to bed and he'll talk about that he's, I am grounded I am healed, and it's even things, it can be things that aren't true yet, but things that you're working toward, right. that, you, mm-hmm. that you desire, even if you don't 100% believe it yet. You know, it could be, you know, if, if somebody whose health isn't 100%, I am perfect health, and you just, because as you keep doing that, your vibration will move up to meet that belief that you're creating and that's how you start to shift those beliefs Um, and that's a combination of gratitude as well as intention and affirmation Mm -hmm. which is those three things that we were talking about Um, now your son as brilliant as he was also you used some of his, um, his words in the book as well
3: yes yeah, I, I did. Part the the last part of the book. That the book is actually written in three sections. Um, part one being birth to death. Part two being all the times that he returned to me, or someone else in spirit, uh, to give messages or give information about where he was, what was happening, his journey healing messages, and things of that sort. So um, it was very important to have that included in the book. And then the last part of the book are excerpts from his writings, given the fact that he started writing pretty profound writings around age 12, excuse me, age 5. And I just took uh, excerpts from his writing so the reader can get an idea of his life from his perspective over time as a young child when maybe some of these, um, I want to say, negative emotions might have gotten started or embedded in him all the way through to not too long before he actually Died. So I have had many people tell me that his writings are incredibly profound. I had a minister tell me they're sacred. His words mm-hmm. are sacred the way they've been written. He yeah. had a very different voice than mine, so I felt it was important that the reader be able to relate to him specifically as opposed to just me telling a story. So, yes, his, a lot of his work is incorporated in the book.
2: And while your voices are both different, they're both very relatable in the book. Very relatable. Every, uh, people can really easily relate to both voices the, between the two of you.
3: Yes, I've even had people uh, contact me that have no addiction in their family. They have no children. But this woman in particular from Paris, told me that, or wrote to me, that um, the book was incredibly helpful to her in going through a very horrific, long-drawn-out divorce. It helped mm. her to put puzzle pieces together. And I never thought it would reach that audience, um, but, it, but it did. And I have others that have said um, they read the whole thing in less than 24 hours after reading the first word. <laughs> so That was me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty interesting uh, to get that kind of feedback because there are several people that just, just read it in one sitting or maybe two. And I think that's good because it keeps the reader wanting to know what's coming next yeah. as opposed to... Um, Putting it down and then going back to it four or five days later. Not that someone can't do that, but um, that I believe is one of the bigger things that um, I've heard is that it's one of those that you just don't want to put down because you want to know what happens next.
2: And it's and it's not one of those. It's not this hand wringing, horrific, you know, um, every episode type of thing. That, that you're reading, it, it is a, it's a story of a family. I mean, that's really what it's about.
3: I've had people tell me that the book has taken them from laughing to crying to laughing yes. to laughing to roaring to crying. Um, and in a sense where it, it doesn't leave one feeling despondent, it leaves one uh, having hope, hope for healing and hope for um life everlasting
2: and and that's something really that you know to focus on because i know i'm sure a lot of people when they saw that the focus today was on self-esteem and addiction people right away go oh well you know i don't have addiction in my life or i don't want to deal with it or oh that's going to be a downer and yeah, there's some things that will stir you up. It's going gonna, it's gonna to touch you. But one of the reasons I asked you specifically to, to be my guest today was because about your book and who you are. It's about hope. It is mm-hmm. about hope. And it's about healing and moving forward. And it's not about sitting in the, what I would call muck, or sitting in the shit. Mm-hmm. It, it's about what happens next. It's about the flowers that come out of it and and talking about that because there are some amazing things that have come out of your experience. There are some amazing things that have come out of my experience and there are other people who have, I mean, when I was in treatment, I met people, some of the my counselors were former addicts and they were doing something to move themselves forward by helping people like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing something now by talking about my experience the good the bad and the ugly and the hope and the healing and and what's come out of it and for me one what i learned from my addiction was that my addiction was my lack of self-esteem it was a symptom i binged and purged because i didn't want to feel right feeling was too hard and it was easier to numb out and the And the part of it had to do with my self-esteem when I got down to the bottom of it. There were a whole bunch of other surface reasons. You know, this thing happened and that thing happened. But at the end of the day, all of those things, I didn't feel good in my skin. I didn't feel worthy. I felt shamed. I felt like something was wrong with me because of a lot of different things that had happened in my life. And that's how it Played out that you know. For my drug of choice was food. Other people, it's drugs. Other people, it's alcohol. Some people, it's exercise. Everybody has their their thing, um, but it's just a way to not feel. Mhm. I mean, at the end I of agree. the day, that's that's really what it is. And I, I'll be honest. I mean, starting to feel in the beginning, it was like somebody put it on steroids. You know, I was like, I went from zero to a gazillion. And everything was in hyper mode. So my happy feelings were in hyperdrive. My sad feelings were in hyperdrive. And it took some time to for me to regulate how that felt. And so it very easily can throw you back into um, your addiction because you're not used to feeling those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a while. It took over time. Um, and, you know, I have I have days like everybody else. I have those oops days where I go, oh, that feels like that again. But it's, it's at a different place for the most part. Um, I work with clients every day that are experiencing some of these same things. And, you know, I, I'm thinking of one in particular who would make a lot of progress and then, Something would happen, and it would bring her back to where she was, and she would beat herself up. And I said, you, you just had a moment. It's okay. We all have them. We all have them, and it's okay. Something, something helped you go there, and you don't have to stay there if you don't want to. You can, you can move forward, but either way, you're okay. You're loved, and you're okay. And we did some energy work and that, and doing some of those things helps her move forward. You know, everybody moves at their own pace. It doesn't mean you learn about this stuff and poof, you're healed. You're done. Right. You know, every, our everybody's are got a, a journey. Reason. They're
3: not a destination. <laughs> and every one of these events that show up for us is part of our healing journey, not a yeah. destination. And I no. think as long as we're here, we're going to continue to evolve, emerge, grow, and flourish as long as we choose that, that path. We can also get hung, get stuck, not want to move at all, period, and that's okay, too. It just might not be as comfortable a place as, as coming through these challenges and going on and living, really living as opposed to existing. And there's a big and, difference.
2: Oh, totally big difference. And you said the, the biggest word in there, which I believe, is it's choice. It comes down to choice. What do you, how do you want to choose to be on this journey?
3: Mm-hmm. That's no. part of our free will. That's what yes. we have is the free yeah. will to make the choice of which how we want to do it, and not that one is uh, right or wrong Mm -mm. or good or bad. It's just a choice, and if we don't like what we're feeling or where we are, we can change it. And if we have one of those oops days, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's an oops day, and we move forward the next day or in the next moment, in the next moment.
2: In the next moment. Absolutely.
3: We can shift it that quickly.
2: And when we get back, we're going to pick up with talking about choice. Stay with us. We will be back in
0: just a moment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Does your life feel stuck? Lots of self-doubt, pain,
1: little self-esteem? Find out now how you can enjoy a truly balanced life filled with positive energy and inner peace. A life where you finally feel comfortable in your own skin. Join Marnie in her six-month program, Heal Your Shit. You'll begin an amazing transformation as you learn the five key components that help you heal with personalized energy healing if you are ready and daring to stick your toe in or jump in with both feet to grab the life you want marnie invites you to join her for a complimentary 30-minute call just visit lovinglylotus.com and sign up under the contact page to talk to her about where you are now what's getting in your way your dreams and your life vision learn how the five key elements she weaves with energy healing can guide and support you moving away from what keeps you stuck towards living a happier life Many clients hire Marnie because they want what she has. It is so possible for you. Sign up for this call today at LovinglyLotus.com. That's LovinglyLotus.com.
0: If you have been experiencing addiction issues, be it drugs, alcohol, or something else, you know what it means to feel alone in the world. The Power to Create Yourself with host Ross Ramin is here to prove that you don't have to feel this way. There are others who have been there or are still there. And together, we can sort out the truths and the lies in order to reveal the true essence of your character. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern time, on Voice America Health and Wellness. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
1: You are listening to Heal Your Shit with your host, Marnie. If you have a question or comment about our program, please visit our Facebook page. Just search for Heal Your SHT on Facebook. Now back to the show. Welcome back. And Mindy and I are here. We were
2: talking when we went to break about some of her son's beautiful writings. Um, One in particular definitely is about choice, which is what we were talking about before we went to commercial. Um, Mindy, would you mind sharing that with us? I think it's beautiful.
3: Actually, I would be delighted. This is one of his um, poems that he wrote that's uh, entitled Stay or Go, and he was age 12 when he wrote it. We all have the choice to stay or go, but what is up ahead one will never know. You can live a life of happiness and fun or you can live a life of danger and guns. Whether you live easy or have to break boulders, remember the choice is only on your shoulders.
2: Mm, Powerful, age 12, wow.
3: And it's been a powerful message through everything we've been through.
2: And it just keeps going back to choice. Mm -hmm. And to
3: to live easy or to break boulders, you know, it's our choice. Yeah, right. (laughs) We can, can, you know, we can live a life of survival or we can choose to thrive no matter what shows up. And I know that that's a choice that I made um, long ago was to come through each challenge with... um, the, the, best, uh, to my, the best of my abilities with a smile on my face with thanks and gratitude that I could step through it. And I did have times where I would ask God to please give me a break. I'll need at least three days of nothing showing up, <laughs> um, and then I'll be ready to step back in the ring again. Um, and I laugh about that now, but I literally did go through times that were exactly, exactly like that. I literally said I need a break. Just give me a few days off, and then we can go back at it again.
2: Oh, so that's I've totally, nice. totally been there. I know for me also, surrender um, oh, yeah. was important. Mm-hmm. And I know people get caught up in that word of like, oh, that's giving up. But it's not. It, it's really, it, it's about accepting. And not accepting of, okay, this is where I'm going to be, and this is awesome. It's about acknowledging this place where you are in your life in this moment and figuring out a way to make it the best place in that moment because we're not going to be in that place forever.
3: No, everything so shifts, it
2: changes. So, and, and so when you were talking about, you know, putting a smile on your face and, and that, that's really what it's about is not, you know, not being fake and phony but looking for what can I be grateful for and how can I make this the best that it is while I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Now, Hia, there was another one you had mentioned um, that I that really goes to love that, that we were talking about. Yes, would you and, mind and sharing uh, that too?
3: I, yeah, and and I would I would I guess liken this one to just sitting down with our our loved ones and giving them a hug and letting them know that everything is going to be okay, even with a if they have an oops day. Um, mm-hmm. This this poem is entitled Hugs. And it was written at age 13. It's wondrous what a hug can do. A hug can cheer you when you're blue. A hug can say, I love you so, or gee, I hate to see you go. A hug is, welcome back again, and great to see you, or where have you been? A hug can soothe a small child's pain and bring a rainbow after a rain. There's no doubt about it, we scarcely could survive without it. A hug delights and warms and charms. It must be why God gave us arms. Kittens crave them, puppies love them, heads of state are not above them. A hug can break the language barrier and make the dullest day seem merrier.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. Like another powerful, powerful voice, and you just think about that. and I think about I think about my own son when I'm listening to. The, you read that, and just how just a simple hug makes his day. I mean, it's like a simple smile.
0: You know, mm-hmm. We're out and
2: about in the world. I mean, I've had people walk up to me that, that I'm just smiling. Thank you so much for smiling. I needed that today. Right. You know, so... a seed
3: of kindness through a hug, yeah. a smile, just through yeah. it, just, just the gratitude of living and being mm-hmm. thankful to be here that emanates outward from us to others that are around us, whether we're in the grocery store line or, or what?
2: So when we were talking about choice, I was thinking about, you know, for me, I, I choose happiness. I choose happiness every single day, even when my life feels like the bottom has dropped out. I still choose happiness, not fake happiness. I'm, I am still i am sad at times. I'm still angry at times. I still feel all the gamut of emotions. But I'm still happy and I choose laughter. I love to laugh. <laughs> laughter for me is the best medicine. I get silly. I, I carry a red clown nose in my purse, um, Eli can tell you. And if things are getting too serious, I will pull it out and put it on. Um, my family, we were on vacation in uh, Santa Barbara over the summer. And we were walking down one of the streets, and we were all being funny. And Eli said, Mommy, I dare you to put that red nose on. He thought I wouldn't. And Mark looked at him. He's like, Kid, you haven't known your mom that long. He's like, Don't dare her unless you expect her to do it. Oh, she won't do it. She won't do it. And I put that nose on, and I wore it proud down one of the busiest streets in Santa Barbara. And people (laughs) smiled and laughed and and we all just cracked up as a family. But, you know, something really simple like that. And we had the best time, and we brought joy to people. And so for me, it, it's not just happiness. It's laughter, bringing laughter. Um, it's just medicine that soothes my soul. Right. What about you?
3: I feel the same way. And through, um, uh, there's a story in the book that's very kind of similar. It wasn't with a a nose or a physical object, but we traveled to Mauritius, um, the home of the famous uh, dodo bird who's extinct. And I was telling my son as we were walking up and down the streets of Mauritius that I picked the topic when I was in the fifth grade to write because I thought the bird was called a doo-doo bird. (laughs) And so (laughs) so I got up to give my report in my fourth grade class, and I opened my presentation with uh, the doo-doo bird. And, of course, the class broke out into laughter, and it was so funny because my, my teacher just very kindly said, Mindy. It is a dodo bird. So when he and I were walking the streets, my son and I were walking the streets of Mauritius, he was probably about 10 years old or 11, uh, about my age, we walked up and down the streets and laughed. Every time we would look at each other, we would break out into laughter. And it was a very similar kind of situation because people would look at us and they would start grinning or laughing just from watching us laugh. Laughter is infectious, and that was that's one of the stories that's in the book that um, that brings it that brings part of that laughter into this journey where laughter may not seem like it's um, the answer, but it is. And my son loved. Loved comedy. He loved laughter, and I can relate to the red nose that you keep in your purse. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
3: he, these days, lately, although
2: I, Eli has said, "No, mommy, no, no, please don't bring that out," <laughs> he he doesn't want his friends to see it. You know, when we're when we're out and about, you know, traveling or Trader Joe's or somewhere, it's okay. But if we get anywhere near his friends or school. I, I guess that must be that age right now where uh-huh. it's like, yeah. no, no, other people will see you. But um, yeah, laughter laughter for us is is really just, it's so key. It's so key. And, and that's, you know, it keeps us from feeling like we're all alone. It's something we can do together.
3: It is. You know? And it's infectious. You know?
2: It is because, um, I mean, addiction is isolating. That's, I mean, I, that's one thing I can tell you having gone through it is you're, n- you're not connected to yourself and you're, you're not feeling connected to other people. Um, you're just feeling connected to your addiction.
3: Right. And very, and, as you said, isolated, uh, very, not belonging anywhere, not wanting to be where you are, but not having control over it. Literally. And, it,
2: and that does keep you in that stuck place of feeling mm-hmm. like, you know, well, who's going to want me? Or, you know, I am i don't feel okay in my sin, or they're going to judge me, or I feel shame, or any of these really not nice things. That, Like, would you say, you know, if somebody said that to my son... Or, you know, if somebody had said that to my sister growing up or about one of my parents, I would have been really upset. And yet I was saying those things to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you defend other people. What, what about you? You're just as special and as important as everybody else out there. There is no other special that's better than any other they're, they're each beautiful in their own way, which means each one of us, each one of you out there, is beautiful in your own way. And our differences make us beautiful, and our sameness makes us beautiful.
3: And I would say that each individual walking up this earth has their own unique contribution to this planet and to the whole. Like grains of sand on the beach— we all mm-hmm. have a purpose, whether we feel it or not. And that's something that in addiction we can get very, very disconnected from, from ourselves and from our purpose. And sometimes it might be the soul's journey to have addiction as part of the purpose of the soul so it can learn. So that's why for us it's very critical to not judge anybody because we have no clue what somebody might be going through or what their sole purpose or sole journey is while they walk this earth, but they still have tremendous contribution and their own uniqueness to contribute to the whole of humanity.
2: Absolutely. Mindy, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been Amazing, wonderful. I I lose track of time every time we get together. And everybody out there, I want to thank you so much for listening. I hope this helped you learn a little bit more, helped you feel better in your own skin, and maybe even looked for a few laughs. And if you want to continue this conversation, you can go to my Facebook page, Heal Your SHT with Marnie. And, and comment and talk to me. I will definitely talk back with you. Um, and look for me on Twitter at GigglesLoveBug and Instagram at GigglesLoveBug. And Mindy, do you want to shout out a, a piece of your information or two here before we go?
3: Uh, yes, anyone may reach me through my website, Mindy Moralia, M-I-N-D-Y-M-I-R-A-L-I-A dot com. I also have a Facebook page, Mindy Moralia, author, and through Twitter, at Mindy Moralia. I would be more than happy to listen or communicate with anyone that might have thoughts, comments. I also do individual sessions, or um, not just one session at the time, but groups for people that are going through some of this, more for right. the family. So I'd be more than happy to stand in service where I can. So thank you, Marnie.
2: Absolutely. And uh, both of us are, are doing this really just to, that's part of our journey and part of our purposes is to help. So anywhere we can. And if you missed any of that, you can go to my show page to connect with either myself or Mindy. And thank you so, so much. We'll be talking with you. I'll be talking with you again next week. And thanks for listening to the conversation. Have a
1: great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Heal Your Shit with Marnie. Please join us again next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern and 6 a.m. Pacific for more Marnie motivation to shift your mind, body, and spirit on the Voice America Health & Wellness channel.